Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for the podcaster who I, I don't really know uh, what I'm doing because I just started recording this, uh, but I'm glad you're here. I was just ta- I was just thinking about when dogs sigh. I don't know if that's another Prince song, but I wish it was. Uh, think about it. Prince is somewhere with dogs sighing. Or well, Prince is probably rolling Prince's eyes uh, while I'm doing this. But what could be what could be a better honor, Prince? You could roll your eyes at me across the cosmos. Uh, it makes me feel good, even imagining it. Oh, it's time for sleep with me. The podcast that puts you to sleep. Thanks for making it possible, patrons. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning? Mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever is keeping you awake, uh, whether it's thoughts, like things you're thinking about from the past, uh, the present, or the future. So thoughts, uh, thinking stuff, thoughts of feelings, anything you're feeling emotionally coming up for you. So feelings, uh, those are feelings. uh, Sometimes I call them, (laughs) normally I call them feelings or emotions. uh, or I usually just roll my. Uh, I, 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 I'm trying to learn to embrace my feelings uh, in a in a, a kind and loving manner. Uh, it, so feelings, physical sensations. So anything you're dealing with physically, any changes in time, temperature, routine, schedule. So life stuff. It could be anticipation. It could be something else. Uh, like every time, every time I have trouble falling asleep, I think, or trouble waking up, or trouble getting to sleep, I say, "Well, thank goodness I make this podcast because I can stay related to the listeners." So whatever it is that's keeping you awake, I'm here to take your mind off of that and keep you company. And like I'm trying to establish a safe place that either you could come to, or I could send it to you, or I'll meet you halfway. I don't know who, like, was that from a I know there's a song, Meet You Halfway Across the Sky. For some reason, I don't know if that's one of the great songs from a Fievel movie. I don't know if I've ever seen the movie, America, the, an American tale about Fievel, who was a mouse, I believe. My brother was a fan of American, an, Amer, an American tale it was called. And he, I think he even had a Fievel plush. I like saying Fievel. Uh, somewhere out there, that's where that's a song from that movie. Meet you halfway across the sky. I don't know. Maybe that's is that a Christopher Cross song? I don't know. Way off topic, but I'm trying to create a safe place. Right? I said, okay, okay you could come here, like, and you could say, oh, I'm going to come in. I'm going to check it out. You could say, that's okay. I'm going to look at it at a distance, Scoots. And I say, okay, that works. I could send it to you, or we can meet halfway. We don't have to meet halfway, you know. Who says that's uh, that's that's kind of my all or nothing thinking? You say, 
why do we always have to meet halfway, right? Uh, isn't that, they say, well, it, it, well, that's a compromise. They say, are you sure it's a compromise or isn't this an all or nothing situation you've put me in, old uh, uh, idiom brain? <laughs> Who are you calling an idiom? I'm not even sure if that is an idiom, but I feel like one. So I'm trying to create a safe place. And one of the ways I do it is I send my voice across the deep dark night. I use lulling soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. So what that means is, like, I'm going to get mixed up, I'm going to go off topic, then I'm going to, you know, you've heard me do it already, get get mixed up, then repeat something, then wonder what I forgot about, then try to rephrase it, then mispronounce it, then stumble over my words, then come back to another point, a little bit like, you, you, you know, like, like I got gerbils in my brain. I don't know if that's a, if I ever said that before, I've, but I do have gerbils in my brain. I mean, not literal ones and not even figurative ones, but something, well, no, I guess I don't have, I definitely don't have little, I hope I do to good, good goodness. I don't have any literal ones in there. I guess I only have figurative gerbils because they're not even, I can't even visualize that. So is, is it figurative? It's more like a simile, like it's like a gerbil in my brain. That's probably best you say, yeah, that's the first successful use of a simile. I don't have, metaf- I guess you say, well, it could be like a metaphorical ger- gerbil, probably not a figurative one, but it's a simoleon. The, the gerbils in my brain are simoleons. They, they say, well, yeah, we're not, we're not gerbils. We're like gerbils. We move like gerbils. That's our only similarity to gerbils and our cute little tails. Uh, other than that, we're just, we're just, uh, you know, a combination of brain goo and electric synapses and, uh, some sort of cosmic, you know, dark matter, a whole lot of dark matter up here. No matter in Scoots's brain. Most of it's always been dark. It's, uh, it's like uh, the shades of darkness up here. Oh, boy. So what was I saying? Oh, I got to go off topic. There you go. Uh, all to keep you company so you can fall asleep. Now, if you're new, this is sh- show is very, very different. I acknowledge that. And I want to talk to you about it uh, because I, I'm here really here to earn your trust. But I will be straight with you that hundreds of thousands, if not more, Probably pushing a million people have said, I didn't like the show when I first, I don't want to brag, but millions of people have told me they didn't like the show, but maybe close to a million have said, I didn't like it at first. And then I tried it again and I wasn't sure. And then the third time I fell asleep or, or some sort of thing, because it takes two or three tries just because the show is so different. But also if you've been trying stuff to fall asleep, right, you've been probably let down more than once. And or something's worked a couple times and it hasn't worked like on the regular. That's been my experience and a lot of listeners experience. And I want to tell you like how sleep with me works. Uh, so you could just try it out and see Like if you tried stuff for years, trying to sleep with me for a few nights and just seeing how it goes, hopefully it works for you. But it's a very different. It's a goofy, silly show. It's structured differently, and there's a bunch of caveats that I'll give you. Of course, you know, this is made by a man with, like, uh, simoleon gerbils in his brain. For they, they're wear, Actually, now they're figurative or because they're wearing sashes that say simoleon. 
So that's already, there's already some sort of evolution happening with my brain gerbils. Uh, so, okay, so a few things to know. Well, first off, let me tell you why I make this show. There's two reasons I make this show. One, I've struggled with sleep my whole life, and I find it to be very, it can be very frustrating. Uh, right now, I'm having trouble with it. I, it can be very, uh, make your regular day life challenging. And it can feel in the deep dark night or the early hours of the morning, the wee hours, uh, like lonely and upsetting. And I'm here to keep you company during that time or to take your mind off of that. So that's one of the reasons I make the show because I know how it feels. But the more important reason is you. You really do deserve a good night's sleep. You really do deserve a place where you can get comfortable get in bed and drift off. And I really hope I can provide that for you or be a part of you getting the rest you need so that your life is more manageable and that you don't dread going to bedtime. You say, well, I got this weird podcast I listen to, so I'm looking forward to that. So that's the goal of the show is you're important, your sleep is important, and I know how it feels. Now let's get to the other stuff. The show, this is a podcast, believe it or not, that you don't really listen to. I think you probably already got that part. You just kind of barely listen. You say, uh-huh. Okay. Well, okay. Don't know what you're saying, but uh, um, okay. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, kind of like that. You just kind of barely humor me. It, 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 like Or lower me down to, to just background noise. But it's something you just kind of barely listen to or you slowly stop listening to me. Or at some point, you're, one of your parts of your brain says, yeah, we could kind of listen to this, but I don't need to stay awake for it. I can listen to it while I'm sleeping and, and get the, I got the gist. He's going nowhere fast. So it's a podcast you don't really listen to. It doesn't really put you to sleep either. I'm here to keep you company so you can fall asleep, to take your mind off stuff, to be a presence, a friendly presence in the deep, dark night. I'm here for you. I'm here to be your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar sib, your boar cuz, your boar bestie, your boar burr, your neighbor, your boar bud. I don't know what else. Uh, boar bay. Did I say boar bay? That's the one that I, I said, like, I, like I get a kick out of it, I guess. Uh, your boar burr. So whatever it is, I'm here to keep you company while you fall asleep. More so, you just wake up and you say, oh, I think I was listening to that podcast. I'm not exactly sure. So that's that. Then the structure of the show can also throw people off. So let me tell you why the show is structured the way it is. It's a very intentional structure to help the most people it can and that people can kind of adjust how they listen uh, but that way, the structure also helps us keep the show coming out free and twice a week. So it starts off with a greeting, friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, whatever witty thing I can almost say but not quite get there that's silly. And they say, okay, so I feel seen and welcome, and I know the tone of the show is a little bit lighthearted about a serious subject, uh, Quirky might be a what it, it's not a polite way to say it, but I've been called quirky more times than I can. I mean, it, to my face, uh, that you know, idiosyncratic. Uh, I'd say thank you so much. Uh, 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 interesting. There's a there's other terms. That's just how people describe me in my personal life. Not even the podcast. So a little bit different. So there's that. Then there's support for the show via sponsors and listener support. So the podcast can come out twice a week for free on every platform, every podcast app. That's the best place to listen as a podcast app. 
then there's support for listeners. If you're having a tough time right now, there's support for the communities around the show. So that's like the support and, and sponsors and stuff like that. Then there's an intro, which is separate from the support and the sponsors. Sometimes people are new. They feel like the, the intro, the intro sometimes gets lumped in with that. The intro is a bit different than that. It's a show within a show. And it runs from, I don't know, minute six or minute eight to minute 20 or, or ish. Uh, and it's a show within a show to ease you into bedtime. It's where we've been here already 10 minutes together talking, I think. And it's where I unsuccessfully try to describe the podcast and how it works and everything. And it takes me forever where, you know, some other show would be like, bada, bada, boo. This is the podcast about, uh, you know, whatever. This is the idiom podcast made by a couple of, imagine if idioms made a podcast about idioms, uh, a couple, we're just a couple of idioms talking idioms, uh, with no sense of iron, no, nothing ironic here either. No irony allowed. It says it on the front of the podcast. Only idioms. Also, note, look up what an idiom means so you don't look like an idiom tomorrow. That was a note to myself. Uh, so, oh, what was I talking about? I got dist- I said, wait a second. Where can I, where can I listen to that show? Is it actual idioms uh, that are, like, are they sentient idioms? Because we could be, we might be in trouble then. I mean, that could be something we might have to call some. Who do you call? Like, really, if you found out you had you were dealing with sentient idioms and similian gerbils, you'd say, you better call some. Well, who would I call? Because probably there's going to be a phone tree, and I wouldn't even know who. Do I ask for an agent? Because I don't even know if that those are just fictional movies. I wouldn't like, I really would not know who to contact. I mean, at least in the movies, you say, well, you contact like Stark Enterprises or something. But uh, in an actual situation, they'd say, don't worry about it. <laughs> That's what they say to me because I've tried. I said, I got some sentient, uh, sentient gerbils from the Similians. And they say, son, I'm sure you do. That's usually, and then they pat me on the back. And then they say, it's all in your head, kid. I'm sure you do, though. Usually that's like the subtext is all in your head. I'm sure you do. I say, I just encountered some sentient idioms. Uh, and then they, they, don't even, they don't even say anything. They just pat me on, on that one because they say he doesn't even know what idiom means in their brain. Their face says it all. Oh, I'm supposed to be introduced to sleep podcast. So, so the intro goes on and on and on, as you've seen. Uh, and it's different every time because it's important for me that the episodes are different every single time so that your brain and those things keeping you awake can adjust. And so you have something to look forward to, something new. But it's also the, 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 the I almost said idiom by accident, but is uh, the intro eases you into bedtime. For a lot of listeners, they're doing something to wind down or they're in bed getting comfortable. And so it serves as a twilight phase between being awake and being asleep so that you can uh, ease into bedtime. So the intro goes on and on and on. Then there's business again between the intro and the show, just so the podcast, you know, that's just part of the structure of keeping it free. And then there'll be a story. Tonight will be our episodically modular story, uh, Spice Friends. I think it's episode eight. Uh, and so that'll be fun, and you could, but you can listen to those in any order because they're episodically modular. So if you're, I'm, I'll describe all the plot points before the story starts, 
so you won't miss out on everything. And then there's thank yous at the end. So it's the structure of the show. That's why I make the show. And I think that's it. I'm really glad you're here. Really appreciate you checking the podcast out. I really hope it can help you fall asleep. I work really hard. I yearn and I strive. Uh, So thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple of ways I'm able to do it for you twice a week. Uh, Hey, everybody. Scoots here. Welcome to another episode of Spice Friends. I believe this is episode eight. uh, But you can listen to them in any order because it's our episodically modular serialized series. And when you say, how could it be episodic and modular and serialized? Scoots, I say, let me ask you a question, okay? Fair question. Have you ever had cereal for lunch or, or dinner or dessert uh, or a snack? And if the answer is no, totally cool. The answer could be no, could be I don't know, could be yes, uh, could be maybe. And that's enough for a sleep podcast. That's like the, because the sleep podcast, while it goes out in the deep, dark night, comes from the great gray zone we all live in and uh cereal you you you, you like sometimes most of the time for breakfast but not always cereal also has broader definition than how i would define it that means it comes in a box with hopefully a puzzle on the back that uh, no longer contains toys uh, but uh, unfortunately for the youth of today maybe i don't know so episodically modular means you can listen to it in any order. I'm going to explain everything you need to know right now to take that off your plate. The only reason I number the episodes is because I know there's completists out there. So maybe you want to listen to 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, if, there, if that's how many episodes we put out. Then listen to 1 through 7. Or you may say, well, episode 8 was my favorite in 1. Oh, boy, did the characters in episode 8 feel good about that. Uh and this is one of those pause episodes where we get a little bit uh, of a pause in the action. What is the action? Correct. Great question. So in a world like ours, uh, pretty similar, it's not that far in the future when all the good tales, the, the, some of the tales I tell are told. Uh, we have our world, right? Pretty similar. Uh, well, at the beginning of our story, it's pretty similar. Uh, and you may have seen some of this in movies, so, so I don't know if it's parallel timeline or whatever they call it, the scientists, uh, but, uh, you know, when there's these movies are called kaiju, it's like actually a soft way to say it, uh, but maybe you have, maybe that, but, but like big beings, forest friends and dino buddies and, uh, winged uh, beings, uh, that, uh, but they're really large skyscraper sized. Uh, furry mammals as another one and they're running around our world right around you know you know sometimes i don't think do they say this on they don't say it on dating sites uh that i know of because i'm not on any uh but like uh and there's an audio there was like this audio dating app i said well that could cause problems for my job uh making a sleep podcast but it's a nuclear 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 uh that's a word that I guess it wouldn't say. Like, here's a th- here's a tip. I, like, you see, because they say, "Well, we're not." Op-. I say, "Don't you know opposites attract?" Uh, and they say, "Yeah, we're not opposites, though." And I say, "Well, how do you say that word? That like, do you say the, which word?" And I say, the "Fission fusion word." And they say, "Do you realize I'm in your imagination and you're having a?" Com-? I say, "Well, 
yeah, we've got to have a conversation in my brain first before I even talk. You've never even spoken to me in real life. Uh, right, because I'm having a pre You know, I'm supposed to be setting up a, a sleep podcast uh, backstory, and now I'm having a conversation. Well, anyway, do you say, which word do you use? Because I just wanted to wonder, uh, you know, the only way you're going to find out if opposites attract or if we're opposites is talk to me. Okay, but do you say nuclear or nuclear? Or one of the other correct pronunciations that I don't have with it within me. Okay, so anyway, right around the time those words came into parlance, uh, these big beings started walking around our world, right? And they would make a big fuss and a muss uh, and knock over buildings. And particularly, they had a thing for giant uh, billboards and uh, neon signs. There was video games based on them, everything, right? And uh, a page of Rams. The video game was called A Page of Rams. I think they even made it into a movie. Oh, yeah, they did with The Rock. I've never seen it, but, uh, right? Is that what The Page of Rams is called? Anyway, but so, anyway, living in a world like ours with these big beings walking around, uh, not exactly easy on your limbic system, eh? And so people said to their leaders, hey, can you deal with this? Uh, you know, my car, it was, uh, I still had two payments left on that thing. And the big furry ape stepped on it. So at the time, the leaders in here in the United States were, was President, President and Vice President Smith, the first father-daughter uh, team or whatever. I don't know what do you call that, uh, President, Vice President. And they were dealing with it the best they could. They had to make a lot of tough choices, including President Smith eventually becoming a big one and then dealing with the big ones. They also sent a team of astronauts to another planet called Zipper, Planet Zipper, that said they had a solution. They said, also, we're going to put everything on Earth uh, into hibernation because then while the astronauts come to our planet to learn the solution of how to deal with the big ones, you'll all be asleep, but the big ones, their metabolism's slow or fast or slow, something, because they're so big. So you'll all wake up first, and then you could get everything dealt with and get ready for dealing with the big ones when they wake up. Uh, because when President Smith, you know, President Smith had to, he, he, he didn't actually deal with the big ones. He just brought them to Big Ones Atoll. It was a secret plan. And he ended up visiting the big farm in the sky, I think. Actually, I got to check the episodes because that could be a key continuity question. And Vice President Smith, she became president for a time. Then, of course, when uh, when this kind of stuff is going on, and an entire planet goes into hibernation tends to um the 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 national you know things change so then by this time president smith had left politics and leadership then returned as president of the world which is cn the collective nations uh the one of the astronauts returned only one and said, hey, I've got the solution from Planet Zipper for dealing with the big ones. It's through children's programming, song and dance, teaching children to, to uh, articulate their feelings through song and dance or process their feelings through song and dance, something like that. Healthy boundaries type stuff. Uh, stuff I they didn't have this programming when I was a kid. It was like uh, giant robots punching each other. And... Uh, 
They were voiced by the same people that were like, anyway, so, uh, oh, so ended up working, not in the way, uh, like it, it created these spice friends, uh, which were also giant spices, um, which was kind of part of the branding. Planet Zipper was really good at this stuff. So they had a, already set up all the branding, all that kind of stuff. So giant like cinnamon stick or, or whatever was dealing with this, these these big ones, the big beings. And it worked and it, it, it kind of didn't work because you couldn't, it wasn't so clear like uh, do a song and dance in a giant uh, lime leaf will appear. It was a little bit more subtle than that. And, and I think like uh, when you got giant furry apes walking around, nuance is not at the top of everybody's uh, to-do list, right? And it's also confusing where are these beings coming from. There's like the, the astronaut was offering this manifestation theory, which just kind of seemed like, wait a second, so they just, the atoms in the soil make the big ones. Um, but, you know, at the time you say, okay, we'll put a nuance aside. We'll put these questions aside. We got to deal with this. But also, you know, other people have other ways of dealing with things other than the way some people, you know, everybody deals with things in their own way, including nation states, particularly under times when the intensity of feelings is strong. And so there was conflicts around how to deal with the big ones. Some people, some countries, or I don't think they're called countries anymore, but uh, collective nations, I don't know. The other ones, they eventually became the big one nations and they would align with the big ones and then uh, our spice friend, Team Spice Friend, we'll call them, President Smith and the astronaut and a large number of the collective nations, but not everybody. They said, okay, we got to get more. The big ones are active. We need more spice friends. They introduced these toys, like limited edition toys, but mass produced, but still limited edition when you're sending them out to the entire globe. Even 200 million is a limited edition but I don't know if that's the number, so don't quote me on that. But so it, that did cause more Spice Friends to come and to distract the big ones. They started participating in what I would call parallel play. But they also seem like they're playing together. But you know that con con contemplative state you get into when you're doing some hardcore parallel play? Or at least I know who my introverts are. They're, they're nodding their heads out there. Very meditative state, uh, so that was the status of the big ones and the Spice Friends. But then with all the people, these toys kind of became a currency because it was global and people wanted them. People were participating in their manufacturing. They actually created a sense of, uh, they were like a bit like talisman, uh, if, if you don't mind me saying. And uh, people kind of got caught up in it. And then, of course, different people tried to... Uh, control the uh, flow of the um, what they started calling NFTs, new F-word toys. Uh, and uh, things kind of fell into a little bit of a chaotic state, even without the big ones and the Spice Friends being occupied. And that created a global shift. Again, I'm giving you the summary here. <laughs> Only taking me 20 minutes to summarize a 40-minute episode. 
Now, the president and the astronaut were sitting on this giant, uh, large, they're slowly parceling out the toys, right? And they had their studio where they were kind of creating the Spice Friends with the team of writers and, you know, experts at all that kind of stuff. And eventually the CN kind of became like lined. I don't know. The socioeconomic politics is well beyond me. I don't even know if that's actually a word, but basically they lost, she lost her presidency of the world. They said, we're going to come take those toys because you're, you kind of have the last remaining large, it was Fort Knox, believe it or not. It, like, uh, just like in the movies and the studios below Fort Knox, pretty secure. And that's kind of where we left off. So, uh, President Smith's lost her presidency of the world. They've lost their ability to broadcast the Spice Friends show and all the affiliated programming that supports the underlying well-being of children that somehow, by something we don't understand other than a theory, creates the Spice Friends, which, uh, so not a good situation, though when we last left off, the big ones and the Spice Friends were still participating in parallel play. As far as we know, though, because uh, the broadcasting, they were only receiving news into the Fort Knox facility. So actually, they don't have any way of confirming anything. They don't have a way to contact the outside world. And, uh, you know, they're trying to get in and take the toys. And for once, this picks up uh, not that long after uh, we left off. uh, with. uh, So, yeah, without further ado... Straight from Hollywood, and only what should have been a five-hour drive, but somehow uh, it took six and a half. Uh, not that I'm counting, because he does it for free as a hobby, for just for the listeners. The man uh, who has the loudest spirit and soul on the planet, because even when he's not moving or in total stillness... Uh, Somehow he projects a sound that would be described as shiny. Uh, even to say, what does shiny sound like? I say, you know when you hear it, especially when you hear it in your headphones, a low, shiny sound, like a humming soul, well, more like an angel. I mean, again, I talk about these angels because I think they just love him, understandably. Uh, and I think sometimes they're just sitting around watching him lie on, on my bed, which has three comforters on there, like that, that are just for him to, 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 to silence him and, you know, keep my bed. You know, I, I say there's only so much intimacy I can handle, even with Antonio Banderas and uh, his booties that I have him wear and his special outfit that he changes into, which now they tell me is scrubs. My neighbors, I got a call from my neighbors. They said, is Antonio Banderas changing out of his clothes into scrubs in his car in your drive, your in your parking spot? And I say, I'm sorry. I answered, no, I don't have. I said, no, I don't need a new car warrant. I just say, well, you know, I don't have a car. I don't need a new car warranty. Thank you. So that keeps, you know, that's how my life goes. So without further ado, straight from Hollywood to your hearts, uh, Mister. Antonio Banderas. Uh, thank you, Scooter. Is the ladies, is the gentlemen, is the boys, is the girls, the friends beyond the binary. It's time for a journey, a spicy journey 
with its spice friends. Ah, spicy. Yeah. Thank you, Scooter. I, 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 uh, so glad to be here, intimate with you. Because the true intimacy takes place when we play a game and I see the real you. Yeah. Oh, you got me, man. Talk about the Kita. See, did you really, do you see the real, do you like the real me? I guess you do because we keep playing board games after I force you to not move for an hour. So I guess that's a relief, but now I'll be thinking about it the whole time we're playing, especially when you're watching me with those knowing eyes and that knowing smile that makes me feel warm and inside and feel like I'm humming a shiny song. Well, maybe what that, that song Shiny's about. Maybe, they, do you know if that dude wrote it about you? Okay, this is, uh, that's Antonio Banderas. This is Spice Friends. Thanks, everybody. Okay, so I think you can hear me through this event. Uh, so I guess it's like our recordings, and uh, you're the only person I can communicate with, but I need to communicate with you now with some immediacy uh, because we got stuff going on. Um I don't think they've gotten to the toys yet, uh, but our staff, uh, understandably, at my behest, has uh, said, "Okay, we're um, we're going to uh, pretend that we have, you know, they put us in these two adjoining rooms and said we're on timeout, and our staff is, uh, but that I am not able to, which is true. Only I can unlock the facility." Uh, and the staff is hoping I'll tell them how to unlock the facility, which I think we will do once we have a plan. Uh, because they still are having trouble getting in to access the toys. They don't want to destroy the toys, so they're being cautious. And you say, wow, what a, like, uh, this is a, the collective nations and the big ones nations best, uh, no offense, but, uh, not impressed that they can't get in here. Which tells me that there isn't a unified front, right? If they were unified, then the smartest people in the world would say, oh, okay, you just hit that. I mean, this is, I don't know if this would work. Blue wire, green wire, you know, pinky, pinky touch it to metal or something. But I'm also really, you could probably hear the tension in my voice. I'm no longer president of the world. That's kind of a, not a, well... It's kind of a relief and not a relief, especially seeing the leadership that's going on trying to get into this building. Um, But we've gotten information. You've listened to it because they're broadcasting. There's only allowing us to watch certain broadcasts. But And this is a question I had been thinking in the back of my mind the whole time. Your story about... uh, you know, we had to put some feelings on hold and some doubts on hold to move forward. Why? What happened to the other astronauts? What exactly happened on Planet Zipper? Why do you seem so confident and so sad at the same time? And I tamped those down, which I've kind of learned. You know, there is uh, some boundaries and compartmentalization that sometimes I needed to do to operate in my leadership roles. And even looking back on it now, I think we chose the best path. So that's why I'm dealing with this now. Also, we have nothing else to deal with, and we have to come up with a plan, and this is the only process I can see. 
because I need to know if I have to do this on my own with my staff and those people, you know, or we could do this together. And I don't know if we can because I don't know if I can trust you, right? And not, ex- I mean, that's as plain as I can put it. You know, the news has been coming in that Planet Zipper has contacted the big one nations or the bon- I think they're calling themselves the Bontons, but they've never explained what the ta- big one nations they never said what TANS stands for, or I guess S would be plural. Big ones, nations, together, one nation, but that doesn't make any sense to me, but that's the best I could figure it out. Uh, big ones, together, one something, maybe. I don't know. Bontons. Also, I don't even know a bon. I know Bontons are, are like, uh, I don't know, any, oh, man, I'm all, I'm, so I don't know if I could trust you. I don't know what ha- I need to know what happened on Zipper. If they really kind of why Zipper contacting uh, the Earth now? Why didn't they contact it before? You said they couldn't, or they wouldn't, or you. Oh, or maybe you said you don't know what happened because of the time you left, it's the time you arrived. I think you just acted surprised. I don't know. My head is bouncing around. But the message on the news is that you're not to be trusted and that therefore I'm not to be trusted. And my staff is confused, but they still trust me and want to trust me. Me? I'm wondering, I think I try, I can trust my best judgment and I did the best I can, but like, uh, I need to know what happened. I need to know that's where we're at, uh, in this situation. So... Tell me what happened and start at the beginning. But we don't have, you know, we don't have a ton of time either. So don't talk like you normally, I mean, try to get to the point. Uh, and why should I trust you? Thanks, Madam President. I know you don't want me to say that, but should you trust me? It's a fair question. And, and, and I, I say, should you trust me? I'll tell you what happened, and then you can decide. I I guess I'm partially surprised. I was, like, uh, hopeful if Planet Zipper contacted Earth, uh, if they did, that, uh, but I'm not surprised either, and we'll get to that. So what happened? I mean, you know my file. I don't have a story to history or family or kind of I'm a no I was a nobody uh and uh, I got chosen for the team to go to Planet Zipper for one reason and one reason only like I was uh, the support systems expert uh and I was good at my job I, you know I had had a it come to my career a little bit later in life than a lot of people do. And you know my history. I didn't have, live a perfect life. I have lived a much less than perfect life. And it uh, wasn't all, you know, I didn't, uh, you know my past. And maybe not all of it, but you know enough. Uh, but I'm a human being, right? Uh, and I poured myself into support systems. And I know that I wasn't, there was many other people in line for this job, uh, but they needed someone that could handle everything. Because what they don't talk about with, uh, and why support systems are why 
this space travel is so limited or why we haven't done it and why we needed a little bit of extra help from Planet Zipper. Uh, because you, you, when they say support system, you say, oh, you just get in that pod, we'll put you, you know, we'll uh, turn it on, you'll sleep, and then before your destination, it'll turn on. And, you know, the uh, artificial intelligence will handle it and the automated backups and all that stuff. Uh, and some of the support systems is supporting the systems that enable that stuff to happen, uh, that uh, the other astronauts can get the rest they need for the takeoff and the landing. Those are the hard parts. Or if something unexpected were to come up on the journey uh, or the navigator, you know, if, if something was to go off and, and you know, whatever, the, you, you, you know, I was just there for support systems. And some of that is hardware, some of it's software and redundancies. But a lot of it is what I guess we would term maintenance uh, because uh, we're human beings, right? And, and human beings are gunky. And uh, that's like the biggest part of support systems that uh, nobody talks about is the gunk. Uh, you know, whatever, you know, we're breathing, our breasts are humid. That, that you know, you, you, you just I'll leave it at gunk, Madam President, because you said to stay on topic. So for me, it was wasn't it restful because I had to get up on a regular basis. Either something had to be changed because of one of the redundancies of a filter. But there's also a lot of wiping and cleaning and flushing of systems. Uh, that's the support systems that, you see, I guess it's just too boring and gunky. You say, well, I don't want to know about gunk in space. But it's really something that even engineers, uh, I guess, you know, as, as, as human as we are and as egotistical as all humans can be, we don't, we always underestimate the, the gunk. Uh, and I'm not talking about, you know, the gunk that you don't want to think about. It's like the gunk you're not aware of. Like uh, when you rub your hands together and you say, oh, I'm making pencil, you know, those whatever. Uh, that's the kind of gunk I'm talking about. And that adds up. Uh, so I would get up uh, on a much less restful basis, uh, you know, so my aging and, and my experience of time space was not the same as anyone else's. And I was alone a lot of times uh, while everybody else was at rest. And um, I, I mean, let's just, if my job was support systems, Madam President, I failed at my job. I took my job seriously too seriously, not seriously enough, all at the same time. But there's also another kind of gunk, Madam President, right? Uh, between the synapses or in our hearts, uh, in our souls or whatever. And uh, I don't know, Madam President. All I can tell you is I did not do my job. I chose to try to escape from those feel those gunky feelings uh, on our way to zipper and I, I the stuff started to add up with my rest and uh, and so I did not support all of the support systems uh, and I failed at my job and you could read in between those lines because I want to keep it going 
So finally, we arrived at Planet Zipper in the state I was in. You know, then I was fully alone. And I had thought about, I mean, again, I didn't know what I was going to encounter at Planet Zipper. What, you know, we'd never had any contact other than the big ones with life that could have been from another planet. Other than audio contact and, and beams and stuff like that. So... You know, I told the, when I arrived at Planet Zipper, there was a lot of just communication at first. Uh, they had, you know, they could speak in English and communicate clearly, and they had learned that. And they said they were going to slowly prepare me. And I said, yeah, like, uh, there was a, like a malfunction, is what I called it. It wasn't, I malfunctioned, but, uh, and they said, okay, don't worry. We'll work this all out and we'll help you, you know, deal with these feelings. Uh, We'll help you get through this because obviously, uh, and, and we'll help the prayer. And they said, it's actually like, okay, like, uh, you're going to have strong feelings about me meeting beings from another world. And, you know, inside I was a bit, uh, detached, which kind of like you said, Madam President, it may have, uh, inadvertently served me or be a liability that was also an asset, uh, because I was able to, uh, go through these stages of trying to cope with what happened and, and my inability to cope and eventually being prepared for meeting beings from another world. They had all that set up in a very similar way to what we've been doing here. So I saw the process work uh, to heal me. And one of the things that they did on Planet Zipper, one of the things you need to know about Planet Zipper is that... Uh, well, I used to think it was just a great love of humanity, and that's what they showed me is how much they love humans. That they are so. So, Planet Zipper is made up of a collective be, or once was made up of just collective beings. Uh, one collective being uh, that could express itself uh, is confusing, Madam President. I don't know how else to describe it because uh, you say, "Wait, you're one being, but you're presenting yourself to me as an individual being." Oh, it's easier for your for you as a human to connect with us. But also, I'll tell, explain more later. But at that, that time, they would show me, and they would what I thought was love could have been another thing that's like a, a, a like that used to be. There used to be a perfume or a cologne called Obsession by somebody, somebody. But they would watch Earth uh, and humanity. Uh, in, in this distilled way, they had ability, I don't know, like, uh, whatever their ability, I don't know if it's telescopes or beams or stuff on earth, uh, but they would show me these, uh, moments, uh, and I don't know, maybe it was cause I was gone. Maybe it was cause of what I, what, you know, the choices I had made not to get my job done, but, uh. Uh, you know, just watching somebody skin their knee and get back up in their face and their feelings. It was like I could feel it. Uh, and it made me love people in a new way. And it, 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 and again, there was other stuff going on. A lot of stuff uh, that they had learned from watching us, uh, healthy stuff that they were teaching me to help me recover. And this was over, you know, a period of time. And so I really started to love people again. And, uh, 
I got better, I guess. And, and I started to do this. And they said, this is, and they, they, I said, okay, now I'm feeling better. And they said, well, this is, how am I going to save the world? I have to save this humanity. It's really important to me now. And they would laugh, you know, and they said, don't worry. This is, we're teaching you how to save humanity. And, and the why was obvious, right? Uh, and I felt, I felt good, but I also felt like, something off, uh, but I, I guess I thought it was me that was off and not Planet Zipper because what I'd been through, right, that, uh, that it was me that had, like, this mark, which is true, I guess. Uh, I don't know. And But I said, this is worth saving, of course. Uh, maybe on the journey out, uh, that will, will, hopelessness had guided my choices in some sense because things did seem so stacked against us being successful or even getting to Planet Zipper. And then I started to learn more, uh, not about, not just about, okay, sawing and dance and, and how to participate in the planning and, and watching all this, this research they had gathered. And these companies they were starting, they didn't know they were being funded and controlled by Planet Zipper. But they started to learn more about Planet Zipper, that it was, uh, I guess, uh, out in outer space uh, in the universe. There's a, there was once a lot of these planets made up of a collective consciousness being or beings, uh, Similar to what Planet Zipper was. Maybe there's other versions of it. Uh, that's kind of like a, a collective, but it also can bud off or form itself into an individual or create an individual thing to kind of solve. I think, uh, I don't know, because trees aren't don't have consciousness, right? Like aspen trees. But they were were also their planet was going through this conflict, right? Uh, and, and but but they also believed in evolution, and and so they said, well, we're we're evolving, and some of us evolve into individuals, uh, or we bud off into individuals, or we're we're, we're but we're then we reabsorb, and I don't know a little bit beyond what I can process because I'm just me, right, Madam President? But that. Uh, that that was also causing some tension, right? Uh, not everybody, you know, any kind of change, even if it's slow evolutionary change, uh, once you have this consciousness of the change, it also comes with some conflict. So on the whole planet, you know, it was a little bit of like, uh, should we keep allowing this more defined budding of individualism or should we just uh, keep the collective and that it was associated with uh, the love of Earth, watching individuals. Now, why was this really important, and why was this conflict increasing? Well, because, uh, like I said, there used to be other planets of the same being, uh, and they were in contact with one another. You could say they were a collective individuals, right? Uh, other planets with another collective individual on it. Organic like us, but different. Uh, but, uh, you know, they kind of told me their history and that why the big ones were so important and why helping us was so important was because the big ones, that was why there was no more. They were the last uh, planet, or the last of their kind, uh, and that they were afraid of the big ones. Uh, 
and that right now, you know, something had brought the big ones to earth or made them manifest, uh, and they didn't know when they would, and they, they thought like this conflict had something to do with it, uh, but it was important for them to solve for their own. And again, again, that, that uh, also within their own conflict was that thing of like, well, if we're individuals, then we're no longer what we are. And we need to preserve the, the this collective way of being, this collective being. So, so just like the drive we all have in some sense, the drive for life. And the other thing I learned because I was healing was that uh, in this collective organism, this collective being, it had feelings like we do. I don't know if that's part of consciousness or not. Uh, emotions. Uh, but that their emotions were much more powerful because they were a collective, right? And one way they demonstrated it was the, the, the uh, what do you call it? The, um, well, one, they used it to, to help me to heal, uh, but they also used it to hibernate. Uh, that was how they kept the hibernation going and started the hibernation. It wasn't just a hibernation ray. It was them kind of putting our planet into hibernation with their feelings, some sort of comforting, I don't understand again, but like uh, triggering some sort of deep instinctual drive for rest uh, uh, to preserve the well-being of our planet. That's what they told me. And so they kept training me and, uh, you know, I became very engaged. I was driven I've said, well, I, I still am not comfortable, but I guess I kind of understand this. But I could see the conflict uh, within their way. And I said, well, geez, conflict is our way, too. You know, not a, it's not a sometimes the conflict is just there under the water, right? Uh, just like on Earth. Uh, and so we really focused and, and they kept teaching me and showing me. You know, OK, if we can help you deal with your feelings uh, then you can kind of, we think you could create these spice friends, right? And that the spice friends, uh, will, will, uh, kind of counteract the big ones. Uh, and then that's when I made the, the connection, right? Uh, that's where my manifestation theory came from that I presented to you. Cause it sounded so sound, even to me, I said, okay, so wait a second. Uh, is that your theory? You know, they let me lead myself to my own conclusion in some sense, Madam President. Uh, I said, so the big ones are from our feelings about uh, our powerful discoveries in science that, uh, and then people choosing to use that science in an offensive way that could have, you know, big consequences, like uh, those feelings deep down created the big ones uh, and they kind of like made me believe that that let me believe that I was correct uh, and then it made perfect sense oh, okay I mean it does make perfect sense without beyond you know accepting some things I don't understand okay then of course this training you're giving me can can create the solution. If we could create the problem, then we can create the solution. If our feelings manifested the problem, then our feelings can manifest the solution. 
And I started to feel more and more confident, right? Uh, my doubts had kind of been, and they said, you just have to trust that this is going to work. You just have to trust that this is going to work. Uh, but I had seen it work uh, on me, and, and, you know, and I had reached an acceptance of my choices and, and, and the consequences and written letters and all those kind of things. And um, but I st- and then I said, well, when am I going to get back to Earth Uh and they said, okay, well, we're really, like, I started to see more and more distraction and feel more and more tension between these semi-individuals and the collective. And they said, yeah, we're, we're working on uh, when. And uh, But we had, I had the access to the same clock you had on Earth. Uh, they, they no longer were able, you know, they couldn't, they'd used up so much of that feeling or whatever, it wasn't like they could just put the big ones back. And they didn't seem, or that's what they said. They said, well, we can't access that. You know, we won't be able to put the big ones back to sleep without putting the whole planet back to sleep. We wouldn't be able to do that until, I, and I said, okay. But it felt like people were looking at me, especially the more defined the individual parts of this collective were that, uh, and I know, Madam President, I'm asking you to, Trust me on something I can't even describe clearly because it would, I don't know how to describe it. Uh, I don't think my, but so they were talk. they would talk to me, you know, the, uh, and it just seemed like there was more and more tension growing and more and more sadness, uh, sadness for me, even though I, I believed this was going to work. I'd kind of seen, I'd felt it. I said, this is going to work. But I also had, you know, become quite interested in their history and what history I could access, mostly through spoken word and talking and saying, hey, tell me about this. Uh, and that's when I made a, this uh, accidental connection, Madam President, which was like, uh, when did you start watching Earth? Because that is where, like I said, is this a love of Earth or something um, sometimes I would feel, especially from the collective, uh, something beyond uh, even a matriarchal or patriarchal loving relationship or friendship, uh, or even like a lover, uh, something that is just on the dial a little bit outside of my comfort zone. But again, I thought it was me, but I, I, that was when... I found out they discovered Earth uh, because of those same tests. Uh, before the big ones had appeared, one of the like uh, that was when they became aware of us. Uh, that it had kind of been like a sound or whatever, a vibration, and that's when they fell in love with Earth. Uh, as soon as they discovered it and saw it, and then, and then especially, and I think. It, from my understanding is they thought uh, Earth would satisfy their need for individualism. And for a lot of the large, uh, again, I guess it's confusing, but if you look at it like a pie, that's only part of its cut. Uh, you don't cut the pie in half and half again, but if only one part of the pie has individual pieces, uh, like that's kind of what Planet Zipper was like at the time I was there. They said, okay, well, this'll sat- maybe this will satisfy most of our needs for individualism. And these other buds, maybe they'll keep evolving. Maybe they'll become individuals with the majority of our world. 
the last world uh, will stay this collective. Uh, and maybe one day we can move outside of this collective. But really, we have to find a way to keep keep this collective going. So this thing with Earth, uh, it was less just about love than about utility. And, that, and then again, that struck me in a feeling place and the head and the ones that sensitive made me so sensitive to my feelings. It's so my spare time. I started to, to doing working on my feelings about this. I said, geez, uh, I don't know about this relationship they have with earth. It's a little strange uh, to me. It doesn't just feel like a loving friend, uh, or like a pen pal or something like that, you know? So, yeah, I guess it's confusing, Madam President. I keep going on and on and on because I guess the stuff about trust uh, was that my trust started to slip away with Planet Zipper. I was like, wait a second. And then I kept asking again, when am I going to go to Earth? What's going on with this tension? It's pretty apparent to me that there's a tension going on. And I know this is going to work. Why don't I, you know, the clock is rolling down. I would have to leave by this point. Uh, and we were getting close to that zero hour. And finally, you know, I started to chip and chip away because at first I could just feel it. I, I could feel their feelings, right? You can only, if you're in a planet of intense feeling, uh, well, that factors into what I discovered, Madam President, was that, uh, they were at this decision-making point because someone let us, well, we haven't decided if you're going to go or not. Uh, and they said, what do you mean you haven't decided if you're, and they said, well, we've been doing these other tests uh, and uh, we're just trying to decide. And I said, well, I'm going back to Earth, you know, you you have to help, you know, you, you, like, uh, and they said, well, and they said, don't worry, we'll, we're, we're going to find the middle way, right? Uh, we're going to preserve things here and preserve Earth. Uh, Earth, And I never had heard that before. Preserve Earth? What do you mean? They said, well, we need you. Uh, and I said, I thought you were helping us. Uh, I know you like us. And, you, and they said, but you need us? This was the people, the parts I thought I was friends with, right? So what do you mean you need me? And... I don't know, eventually between my asking questions and my own feelings and letting my feelings go and then being open, I, I figured it out. It's like uh, the big ones aren't uh, like the the big ones and maybe even the Spice Friends, Madam President, they're from like a... Uh, they are, they're not just manifest. They're like, a, a, like, a, they're like, a, like a budding of the of planet zipper, like a pure, uh, individual from this collective being, but a pure one feel like of one feeling, uh, and somehow it's related to our feelings. Uh, not exactly like, uh, Maybe because it's traveling, but, but that, uh, you know what I mean? Like they're budding off, but just the raw feelings and energy 
So it is a part of the, it is a being, a conscious, somewhat conscious being, but it's just one raw emotion, raw, intense emotion. Uh, this is the best I can figure out, Madam President. So my manifestation theory was true because they were saying, well, maybe the, the, their theory had the whole time had been, well, it could save Earth, uh, if we teach, if we can do the same thing with positive feelings and if Earth can kind of tease it out of us because we're so into Earth. Uh, and then, because that's where the big ones, that's how the other planets had gone. The feelings had consumed the created individual beings that had then consumed the planet, uh, to put it mildly. All the other planet zippers or whatever they were called. And the only difference between this planet zipper and the other ones was they had discovered Earth. Uh, and so we were kind of like a playground for their feelings. And they said, well, we could keep this playground going. And if we could keep our feelings projected outward onto Earth and then teach Earth to project their feelings. or You know what I mean, Madam President? I know it's confusing, uh, but it's what I figured out. Uh, but there was one other thing I figured out. Uh, well, one, I said, uh, well, I have to get back to Earth. Uh, and I said, what's the, I said, okay, if this is what your motive is, uh, but we could cope with things, just let me go to Earth then, right? Like, uh, I can live with it if uh, it's going to work, right? If, I'm, if I can save Earth, uh, if I could be a part of it, uh, get rid of the big ones, uh, stop the big ones, control them, or at least uh, keep them counterbalanced whatever the result is we know this will work uh why can't i go to earth right now we're ready and finally uh some people said we've decided to we're 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 still having this discussion and this vote and these algorithms or whatever to make a final decision and i said well what's the decision between what i'm saying and what uh and they said, well, there is a theory that uh, we'll be able to project all of our negative, strong emotions, uh, like empty out our entire ability to create big ones uh, onto the earth uh, and to keep doing that uh, and maybe just keep it like, uh, like maybe there's a way we could just kind of use the positive energy to keep so earth would just become a place of big ones and then maybe some spice friends slowing things down and they said yeah maybe just only big ones to that uh your ability to adapt uh would be enough and that you would become a place uh because of the individualism and because we're not them that that would be okay right uh and of course man president I, I said we got to get me out of here I, I can't can't believe you would vote that way or that uh, you would decide these things. But you have to let me go back to Earth and save Earth uh, and try. And so they snuck me out and I headed back here. And uh, I just hoped, I, I mean, I knew we would have this conversation at some point uh, when we were ready and... There's just so many other doubts overcome, Madam President. Uh, I thought about it in the times I was awake on the return. And luckily, Planet Zipper had uh, 
they taught me how to deal with the gunk uh, inside me and, and, and the, you know, organic gunk, too. But I thought a lot about it, and I said, there's no way I can just load all this on you and then ask you to believe me. I guess I would have to learn, earn your trust and then lose your trust uh, to get it back. And that we're also in a position now where apparently... I don't know how things turned out on Planet Zipper, but we have to figure this out together. And we'll get through it, just like we both know all will be well. And I don't know how, Madam President. That's what I is. Okay. We'll figure. I know that you're the leader we need right now. And that we're going to get there. And maybe we should just rest uh, while you and give you space to see if you could trust me, whether you can do it on your own or I can help you, Madam President. I'm here. And that's where we're at right now. So I'll talk to you. I'm going to rest now and get some sleep. And remember, all will be well. Good night, Madam President.